What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. This is Bob Tannum in the garden. But I'm getting the chapters all lined up. And if you think you would like to have me, like to put a chapter in my book, let's see what we got. Anyway, it's going to be Gardens for Beginners, all right from the A to the Z. And uh, we hope maybe we can sell a few copies and stuff like that. But in the meantime, we will have Edie on the show and she'll be talking about all the wonderful things going on in the Bay Area for gardens. Here you go, Edie. Good morning. I'm not sure how organized I am, but you know, that's kind of typical of me. So <laughs> uh, uh, let's not. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Coming up on Wednesday, daily acts of um, the North Bay, they go Petaluma and Cantati. Um, Cotati, sorry. Uh, Growing Healthy Soil, on, uh, it's an online event, um, dailyacts.org. Yeah, the first step to healthy plants, healthy soil. And that's happening Wednesday, so go to dailyacts.org to look for a connection point. It's happening from 4 to 5.30 Wednesday. Fog City Gardener and Sisterhood Gardens of San Francisco is having a virtual workshop, Small Space Gardening. That's happening on the 29th at 10 a.m. on Saturday. And to get information, go to fogcitygardener.com or tiffany.ng at cpasf.org. So Tiffany with two F's dot N like Nancy, G like go at C Charlie, P Patsy, A Alpha, S Sam, F Frank uh, dot org. So C P A S F dot org. As clear as I can be on the radio. There you go. Artscapes in the Garden is having their last dis, uh, display day at the Ruth Bancroft Gardens, and that is the garden and nursery there at 1552 Bancroft Road in Walnut Creek. Uh, so you can uh, find out more information. It's the Ikebana Outdoor Exhibit. Uh, today's the last day. www.ruthbancroftgarden.org for more information. That's Artscapes in the Garden event. All right, and then we have the, um, uh, oh, just to mention, because they they have all sorts of events, and they're open on weekends, and et cetera. This is the Bees and Blooms of Santa Rosa, and they're at 3883 Petaluma Hill Road in Santa Rosa, and uh, they're an 11-acre organic farm selling cut flowers and lavender and pollinator-friendly trees and honeybees. So if you would like to go up there and take a visit, sounds like a lot of fun, you can give them a call first at 707-293-8293, 2938293 area code at 3883 Petaluma Hill Road in Santa Rosa. All right, and then we've got Waterwise Gardening and Landscaping uh, with uh, Charlotte Canner, um, and this is an event uh, sponsored by Flows to the Bay of San Mateo. It's a county-wide water pollution prevention program. And you can register for this webinar, which will be coming up May 27th this week uh, at 5 p.m. 
uh, by going to bit.ly forward slash waterwise, uh, no, water dash wise dash gardening dash landscaping. Uh, lots easier is to go to their website at www.flows2bay.org. Flows2bay.org. All right, sounds like fun um, and very informative. Okay, and then we've got Enviro Woodland is doing a WaterWise um, event, virtual WaterWise landscaping event, May 24th, coming up this week, 8 a.m. And it all it goes through May 3rd, so there's a thing there. Uh, you can give them a call to understand what the thing there is at 530-661-2067, 530-661-2067. And you can email conserve.water at cityofwoodland.org. So that's cityofwoodland, altogether, dot org. All right, that's May 24th coming up right away there. Okay, and then there's a um, Green String Farm Store is up in Petaluma. Um, uh, and he does a lot of informative um, events. I'm trying to find names and a lot of writing and there's not and that's not concise here <laughs> bob canard ah that's a familiar name uh and they are having every sunday every saturday the first saturday of every month they will be having seminars um so you can go to greenstringfarm.com to find out more information that's greenstringfarm.com so all sorts of things happen up there uh, once a month. And then we have just a little plug for Russian River Rose Company. If you would like to go and visit, uh, give them a call. They are open for appointments only Tuesday through Saturdays. And you can call them at 707-433-7455, 707-433-7455. And also this week, the last thing I'm going to, put up here uh the art of stress of slash one one more time ah, that was this one's this one's a little dangerous here the art of sheet mulching at 7 p.m offered by the alameda master gardeners may 26th this is um event for the master gardeners of alameda you go to acmg for um, Alameda County Master Gardeners, ACMG, at ucanr.edu, ucanr.edu, or go to ucanr.zoom.us. All right, Dad, all yours. Really? How about that? <laughs> I hope you got all that down. And in case, uh, you know, you can probably go on my website and find yeah. more information on that at bobtanum.com. Yeah, there we go. Let's go to Kathleen in Sebastopol. Hi there, Kathleen. Good morning, Bob. Um, I have a large rhododendron tree that we had to cut down. Uh, it was it was failing. Uh, we Aww. cut it down to about four inches uh, from the ground, and that exposed the trunk with a, a, a probably a, a four or five inch diameter trunk. And in the center of that, a big, big hole where, obviously, it was rotting out. Uh, two sprouts have shown up on each side of that trunk. 
And I wondered if there was some way that we might be able to bring this rhododendron back since those two little sprouts are there, but we've got this very rotten center uh, of the trunk. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think there might be some hope there. Uh, What you have to do is look at the, uh, you know, you have the cut, and down below the cut you have the two uh, buds, right? Yes. Okay. Then uh, look around those buds to see if there is a cam, uh, if the cambium layer is healing. It'll sort of be a roundish kind of thing. Uh, it's hard to describe on the radio, but it's a uh, <clears throat> what'll happen is and I've seen this in Japanese maples a lot, uh, where you they're bumped and they're you know this something this. The bark gets stripped off and something like that. But then the body of the plant sort of comes in and closes over that uh, hole or the healing part. And that's me. that tells you the plant's still alive and there's hope, okay? Is there anything I need to do to try and fill the center of the trunk so it won't uh, rot out when we finally get the rains or any? Sure, yeah. The best one is to mix 50-50 linseed oil and liquid copper Uh and paint that area with that. That will prevent the rot from happening. And it's linseed oil and what was the other? Liquid copper. Okay, got it. Thank you. You are more than welcome, Kathleen. That's my daughter's name. Mm -hmm. Kathleen Elizabeth. How You can't get much more Irish than that. Uh, well, and then we uh, then we named Edie after two rich people in a family and never helped to get bit. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> the best laid plans of life, of mice and men. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure who the mouse was, but anyway, that's where we were. Uh, you know, I, I get I don't get a lot of questions, but I think we should about beneficial insects. And, of course, the other day, I just happened to look at my, uh, well, it's been about two weeks ago, I saw some aphid dared to get on my roses. They actually did. And about three days later, I saw some voracious ladybugs there. And then, of course, the ladybugs themselves don't do much at all, but they they give little babies. And the little babies look like ugly little things. They're very tiny. And they just were voraciously eaten. And so I went out another day, I guess it was about a week ago later, and I... Uh, there were no uh, aphid, but there were still a lot of uh, the little uh, baby ladybugs around, so I thought that was good. And I'm not sure how you tell a ladybug from a male bug or whatever. The, <laughs> I'm sure there's something else going on there that I'm really not aware of. But in the meantime, you know, you could dial into the, uh, this number, 1415, then 808-5600. We're running out of time because we got to go get to an ad in a second or two. But anyway, if you'd like to call in, there we are. Plus, you know, if you have any good ideas that I might like to as like a chapter in a book that I'm sort of like, um, you know, there isn't a real book on for people that have absolutely no knowledge of what they're doing in, in the garden, where to put the garden, what to do with the garden and all that kind of good stuff. And I'm going to put that in a book and let's see if I can find a publisher and go from there. Anyway, uh, our numbers, if you'd like to call in before we take the break, one four one five then 808-5600. This is Bob Tannum in the Garden Talk Radio 560, and it is KSFO. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560 KSFO. Let's go to Sherry in Fremont. Hi there, Sherry. 
Hi. Um, I rescued a very poorly conditioned boysenberry uh, plant last year, and I didn't want it, when it started to take off, I did not want it to take over my entire garden. So I You got that it right. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and I threaded it through a tomato cage. And oh. I kept all of the canes corralled in that, and I have a bumper crop. I can't even believe it one year. Wow. Isn't that something? That's a good yeah. idea. What a great thing. If you're not going to grow a tomato plant, grow a blackberry. I mean, a boysenberry. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. And and it just it worked like a charm, and I just prune off any of the rogue, you know, canes that are getting sure. into my other things. And... um <laughs> It worked out perfectly. Wow, that's a great tip, Sherry. I'll put that in my little thoughts. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Love your show. Thank you, and tell a neighbor about it, okay? All righty. Let's go to Susie and in El Cerrito. Hi there, Susie. Hi, Bob. I have some friends up in Oregon who are told to move their rhododendrons that are close to the house. What kinds of hints can I give them? I know they should have their hole dug ahead of time. Where they're uh, they have like four or five of them, they have to move. Um, why? I don't. The Do you know fires, why? They're told, yeah, they're told to remove any vegetation close to the house, no bark or anything. They can only put rock close to the house, so all plants have to be moved away. They had fires I, I, up there. Oh, okay. Well, rhododendrons are not fire, you know, fodder, no. They're not really dangerous at all. If it were junipers or something like that, I think I might go for it. But uh, I don't know the middle finger comes to mind. Uh, yeah, but anyway. They, uh, <laughs> they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. Okay. Uh, boy, it's the wrong time of the year, too. That's what I uh, thought, too. What's the best it, time? While they're in bloom. That's what I thought. But they said they wanted to wait for the blooms to finish. Maybe they wanted to enjoy them. I don't know. No, I... I, I um, uh, whereabouts in Oregon? Ashland. Up on the okay, hillside. Well, and up by the trees yeah, and all. Ashland, yeah. But that doesn't get the fog and it doesn't get the... Uh, okay, well, uh, I think that they better do it now as quick as possible and dig the hole. Of course, you know all that kind of thing first. Um, and keep your fingers crossed, because I'm not sure they're going to be able to save them. Should they cut them, prune them severely so that... No, no, don't shot. even touch... No, no, just don't leave prune. them. Do it. No prune, just do it. And okay. uh, if they have uh, uh, VF-11, uh, just keep f- spraying the foaling with something like that. And if you can't find VF-11, there's a couple of orchid foods that could be made into liquid as a... Uh, uh, a foliar uh, uh, feed, yeah, fertilizer, but it's not a fertilizer for that particular situation. You want to just keep them moist as much as possible. Okay. And and how big a hole does one need to dig? Well, you have to go at least fifty percent of the uh, the uh, edge of the plant out from the root. So from the trunk, fifty percent out to the drip line. That is correct, yeah. Okay. And, and how don't deep? worry about depth uh, because they, oh. they are a top feeder, so probably go down about a foot would be quite adequate. Oh, okay, a lot less than I thought. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, but do dig the hole first, of course. I know that's number one. Okay, and then fill it with water to, to be sure it's nice and moist. That is correct. Yeah, you got to keep. Yeah. yeah, and try and figure out the weather first, and try to do it on a cool day. Actually, oh, does get it does get heat up there in that particular area. It does get yeah. it's away from the coast, so it's uh, yeah. Uh, it's not a very good time of the year, I tell you that. No. Okay, well, thanks for your help. I'll pass on the info. Yeah, tell them uh, um, if they don't have to move them, they could probably wait until they're in full bud come winter, and that would be an ideal time. Yeah, well, I think they're supposed to do it by a certain oh, yeah. date. Who's, what dictator does things like that? I don't understand <laughs> that at all. I, you know, I, I, whatever happened to our Constitution? Uh, anyway, <laughs> all right, Susie. Uh, okay. Th- thank Thanks, you for Bob. that. All righty. You take care. Let's go to Lynn in Berkeley. Hi there, Lynn. Hello, Bob. Thank you so much for taking my call. Oh, sure. A question about my beautiful row of birch trees. They have a lot of aphids on them, and every year I get the aphids, and sometimes I spray them with a soapy solution, and that helps. But why are we getting aphids on these beautiful birches? Well, aphids like birches. (laughs) (laughs) They have a big meal. They all come over to my place. Yeah, really? (laughs) If you have friends that have birches, why introduce them to the uh, aphid that you have on yours? Um, you know, if you could get uh, uh, one of those fire hoses kind of nozzle for your uh, hose, uh, for your hose, right? And just every every morning, go out and just hose the heck. How tall are these things? Oh, you've seen them in my yard. They're thirty feet. Oh, okay, they're big. Thirty feet, yes. Okay, and if it goes all the way up there, do you have any ants in the trunks? I don't know. If you do put tangle fit around the base of it, uh, Got it. that okay, yeah, and uh, then yeah, I, I, all the way you can up about a foot from the ground, and I don't think you even have to put if they're birches, they don't have to have the white paint on underneath that. So I just put the tangle foot on the on the trunk, and that'll be the end of the ants, which are one of the major problems of getting <clears throat> aphid up into the tree. Now I would just go out every morning and with a hose and just. Wash the heck out of the branches. Perfect. Because in their natural habitat, in their natural habitat, they get that kind of moisture and that type of thing going on year-round. All right. Thank you. And the so that'll help. Have, yeah, that, I, I think. I have, I, okay. That'll help. That own, yeah, you can also, you know, there's a lot of soapy waters and stuff like that that you could spray the tr- spray them with. But I think if you just make it uncomfortable for them, that they will go away. They'll find another birch. That's good. (laughs) Well, yeah, and be kind to your neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) Meal time. Yeah, meal time. There you go. And, uh, you know, in this case, I think you might want to try to cultivate uh, some um, insects, beneficial insects like ladybugs, uh, ladybugs and stuff like that. And get them into your yard. I mean, it won't do anything this year, but it may be if you can keep them in your yard until next year, they will be out there doing their little uh, babies and this stuff like that, and that'll end the problem totally. Okay, thank you. I'll okay. do that. Second All right. Thank- Dimonia that I'm trying to grow as a lawn. And how do I, it's like trying to watch grass grow. How can I make it grow faster? 
Well, okay. Uh, the ground cover pneumonia. Yep. And you want to grow faster. I, I would get some blood meal and put it out over the top of the uh, soil and then water that in. It's an organic uh, source of nitrogen, and that would help the plants a lot. Perfect. We'll do that, too. Thank you so much for everything. Love your show. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I, without my listeners, I wouldn't have a show. So come on back. Uh, and if, oh, by the way, I just want to mention that if you really want, I, I'm trying to put a book together for people that have never gardened in their life. And I want to make it simple. I want to make it very practical. I want to just say, and there isn't a book out there. Everything, every garden writer I know is so impressed with themselves that they say, well, everybody knows what I know. So then I'll go from there. Well, that's not true. Uh, a lot of people just don't know anything, what to do, how to do, where to put it, and that type of thing. And I thought maybe I'd put a little chapter on landscaping chips, uh, a little chapter on, of course, vegetable garden would be my forte, and then, of course, landscaping and uh, flowers and shrubs and stuff like that. I've written books on that type of thing, so we'll go from there. But I guess they're still available on Amazon. Everything's available on Amazon except well, I'm not sure what the exception would be. But anyway, we're going to have to take a little break. Our numbers, if you'd like to call in, join us at Bob Tannum at uh, 141, no, uh, 1, 808 5600. 808 What is it? Yeah, yeah. Area code 415. Okay, this is Bob Tannum in the Garden Talk Radio 560, and it is KSFO. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560, KSFO. Hey, welcome to back to Talk Radio 560 KSFO. Bob Tatum here in the garden. We're looking for your calls at 1-415-808-5600. And uh, we are still here uh, so far as I could tell. I think, uh, yeah, we're still broadcasting even. Uh, we, let's see. Uh, I was thinking that maybe you'd like to sort of come up with a thought for a chapter in my new book that I'm writing. I haven't done anything except put the outline out there and I can go from there. But anyway, if you'd like to sort of give me a nudge as to what you'd like to see in a book that for beginners, uh, you know, real beginners, you know, like I just bought this house. Uh, it doesn't have any landscaping, doesn't have this, doesn't have that. And I'd like to know what to do. So that's the kind of book I'm writing. Uh, so maybe all the real estate people can give that as a uh, uh, a gift to their place. In the Oh, another Kathy. Let's go to Kathy in Pleasanton. Hi there, Kathy. Hi, Bob. I have a quick question in regards to boxwood. I have some topiary boxwoods and planters in front of my garage, uh-huh. and I think they are are starting to show signs of mealybugs, and I also think they need to be transplanted and perhaps have the root ball um, cut oh, or these are, inside. These are in containers? Yes, they're in planters on each side of my driveway. Wow. They look good until now, right? <laughs> Uh, they're starting to show some yellowing on the inside and things yeah. kind of dying off, and that's where I see what I believe are mealybugs. Yeah, the easiest, uh, Kathy, what I would do is, first of all, uh, replant, put either, can you put them in larger containers? <clears throat> um, these are pretty large. I'm, I'm thinking that what I will do is allow the roots to go a little bit lower because they're so the containers are so large that um, I didn't plant, you know, dirt all the way down to the bottom. So oh. I think I will re- just kind of take them out and re- 
plant them and give them more root space at, at this point. They've been in there about five years now. Okay. Yeah, it's about time to let, let them loose. Um, that's one. Two, um, uh, neem oil is one that you could spray. Um, okay. Then there's a uh, uh, some uh, what is it? So, uh, there's another horticultural oil out there, but that's what I would use. Also, I, I uh, have neem oil, so that will Okay, that will well work. then use that. That'll work. Uh, mealybug are just a bunch of, they're very difficult to get rid of. What, what you need, before you put the neem oil, if you can hose them down real good and disturb the uh, coats on the uh, mealybugs and then spray, I think that would be the best way to proceed, Okay. All right, that sounds great. Thank you so much. All right, Kathy, and thank you for listening, and thanks for being there. Okay, let's go to Frank in Burlingame. Hi there, Frank. Good morning, Bob. Quick question on uh, some very old apple trees. They're probably about 50, 55 years old. They're good fruit producers. Uh, they were all lopped back this year. Um, I, I noticed uh, not throughout the two trees, but just in one or two uh, areas, I'm starting to get a little curly leaf, and I also see... Um, on a handful of leaves, a little rust discoloration. Am I going back with your copper sulfite? Uh, that would work. Uh, I don't think that's the problem. I don't think uh, I <clears throat> the curly leaf is caused by some type of insect. Okay. Now, maybe it could be fungus, but I don't think, yeah, well, huh, let's see. One size doesn't fit all. Um I'd have to almost see what's the. Can you email me a, a, a picture of the uh, da, the rust or the damage? Because sure, okay, try. Uh, yeah, Frank. Uh, it, do you have any junipers around? No, not okay. not in that area. Uh, probably about a good hundred feet away, the opposite side of the building. Okay, well that then should be far enough. Because the juniper apple rust, which is a very difficult thing to get rid of. Uh, however, good sanitation after the, uh, you know, when the leaves fall and all the rest of that and you prune and stuff like that. Just make sure you clean up around the base of the tree. Uh, I think maybe, let's see, you got a good crop of apples? Um, they're, they're forming now, I would say. Uh, this this time around, maybe so far about half is what it normally comes out. Okay. Do you ever feed the tree? Do you ever? Feed I do not. I, okay. I do not. Yeah, in the fall, I would give it some alfalfa pellets, or yeah, alfalfa and some chicken manure. I'll let the okay. winter rains, and hopefully, we'll get that. But I'd put an inch and a half of uh, the chicken manure, and uh, then sprinkle the alfalfa over the top of that, and let the winter quote unquote hope uh rains wash it back down into the soil they can do a better job than you can with a hose <laughs> okay and uh I, I again to reiterate should i give it a uh, coat of the liquid tol- uh, liquid copper no that's not the problem it's uh, although well yeah th- that would work yeah uh, instead of i was thinking more of uh, oil but then no the copper would work as well so I think it's okay. better if you you got the copper, so you might as well use it, okay? All right, and that's uh, not a problem. It's already forming uh, fruit. No, no, it's not a problem because it uh, 
you can always either wash it off, but it's not toxic for people. That's the main thing. But it's uh, it'll do the job on the apple tree. Uh, you know, we do get that on new growth on apple trees. Uh, and this year, I'm you know, the weather's not really where I have ever seen it before. It's strange. And so I can't quite get a handle myself on what the heck to expect on the winter rather with the weather. So, um, yeah, do what you can, and uh, then we'll keep a track on that and use the copper, and I think that'll solve the problem. Very good, and it put me on new growth because I took a lot of weight out of those two trees this year. So, Oh, okay. That'll help. Okay, good. All right, Frank. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thank- Oh, well, so far, so good. I don't. I think everybody's out in their garden. I'm not quite sure where the calls are. Come on, let's, uh, let's get on the line, one four one five then 808-5600. And uh, maybe we'll take an early break, and then we can get done with the rest of it, all your calls. Anyway, dial in, one four one five then 808-5600. I think I've run out of things to talk. Oh, did you see the blood moon last night? I did. <laughs> what time was that? <laughs> it was three o'clock in the morning. Uh, well, you know, I have to up that. I always have to get that trip up in the morning. So, uh, yeah, and uh, take a pain pill for my feet, and we do that, and then then I go back to sleep, and I get a good night's sleep. And I did last night, and I I got to see the tail end of the uh, uh, blood moon. Blood moon is actually an e- eclipse of the moon, <clears throat> and it's sort of like the sun. Gets the Earth gets in the well, whatever you. Somebody you, gets in the way of somebody. So, and then, you got. And it causes a color. <laughs> that's right, and uh, so there you go. And it happens quite often, more than a, a eclipse of the sun, which is just the opposite of something getting in the way of something else. Anyway, so that's one of those things you go. Anyway, our numbers, if you'd like to call one four one five that eight zero eight five six zero. I think I'll take an early break. Uh, I don't think David will mind that, and we'll do that. And while you are dialing one four one five then eight zero eight five six zero zero, Bob Tannum here in the Garden Hawk Radio five sixty KSFO. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio five sixty. KSFO. Oh, hi. Can you hear me, Bob? I can hear you very well. Thank you. Oh, that's great. I have a very strange situation. Um, So I'm on a sand dune very close to the ocean. I have a beautiful backyard, and I have gophers every May, every April that start to crop up and I usually it's one little creature and I catch him with a trap and that's usually it for a couple of months but this gopher has outsmarted me for like two months and I don't even know if it's a gopher anymore he burrows underneath the cheesecloth and he has extremely long tunnels that go across the yard and he um sometimes there's some sand uh piles that pop up which leads me to believe it's a gopher. But other times I just fall into a hole when I'm walking in my garden and I discover this long, immense tunnel and I put traps in the tunnel and they don't work. He never falls for them. He moves to another section of the yard and I've never been able to catch this, whatever it is. Is Could it be a mole? Could it be a different... Okay, now, okay, Kathy. If it, if it is a long surface tunnel kind of thing that you're looking at that is a mole oh it's a mole <gasps> oh those How are do I easy catch a mole? you don't have to catch them you just repel them and that is called uh, mole med there's a couple of places 
I would go to a nursery, and it's a solution of castor oil. It's basically what it is. And, oh, I have a wonderful story about that, but I don't think I've got the time to do it. But anyway, uh, mole, the old title would be mole med, but basically all it is is castor oil. And you spray castor the area oil. where you see okay. castor oil. And where you see them, you just spray that area, water it in, and they'll go someplace else. Oh, okay. So that's not so bad. Okay, that's great. It's just a mole then. Okay, that makes more sense because, and he's very clever. I mean, he just moves on to another section the minute I discover his tunnel. You know, it's an amazing, it's amazing uh, uh, body that they have. It's a little tiny head on the great big thing, and they've got these huge feet uh, that just claw their way across the surface, and they're really quite harmless to the vegetation because, after all, they're after bugs in the go- in the soil. So that's oh. the reason I don't. So that's the why the. I'm not sure why the castor oil works, but they don't like that and they go away. Okay. Castor oil. Okay. And one last really quick question: Is it too late to grow tomatoes? No. Oh, good. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. You take okay, care. Sandy thanks. is in Sunnyvale. Hi there, Sandy. Hi. Um, what a great day it is today. Um, let me just ask you a question about the mole. Does the mole leave uh, uh, the mounds of dirt around the hole, too? No. Or a mole you? makes a mountain out of a mole hill. <laughs> 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 Sorry about that. It just... <laughs> a gopher may never mind, but <laughs> a gopher does make a mound, and, you, uh-huh. and and what he does is making that mound to cover up his hole, because they'll poke their heads up oh. once in a while, and you'll see that. So oh, now, okay. Thank a, a mole does not do that. Okay. Okay, that's that's exactly what I wanted to know. I wonder what he does with all the dirt. Um, <laughs> um, here's my question, and I can't think of the. Um, the name of the plant, but it's an orange trumpet. The trumpets are come in clusters, and they're about three and a half inches long. They're little, they're not very big flowers, but it comes in a cluster of flowers. Anyway, my, my neighbor finally dug it out of her yard, and I've been digging it out of my yard for years. Okay. It just kind of travels. Now, because I've been hacking at it and digging at it, is there any poison I could use on it that might work? Well, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there that you can kill the universe. Um, no, no, no. no. I, I, I know. One of the things the least uh, toxic would be uh, spraying the foliage on a hot day with vinegar. <clears throat> with vinegar? Yeah. Okay. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind that only is going to blast the top all the way down to the beginning of the root system. So it's not, it may, re, the plant may come back up, but then uh, vinegar is a very safe thing to use, okay? Okay, that works. And is it white vinegar or just yes, yeah, white vinegar? Perfect. Ooh, a new use for vinegar. Thank you very much. <laughs> you I, are more than welcome. Can Sandy. I can I do that with um, um, passion fruit too? I, I guess you know any plant will repel it. You know, will die if you spray it the foliage with vinegar. 
but it's only going to kill that part of the plant that you spray. It's not going to kill the root, so be aware of that. Okay? Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, and and thank you for putting me in contact with Merle. That was very, very kind of you. I well, really appreciate it. Well, you're more than welcome. Thank you for listening. You know, that's what we do. Okay. Thank you, Sandy. All right. Let's go to Stuart in Fremont. Stuart. Hi, Bob. Well, Happy Sunday. Happy Gardener. How are you? I'm doing okay. So far, so good. Yeah. Good. Did you see yeah. the blood moon last night? No, I did. <laughs> no, I missed it. Oh, shucks. Well, you don't have to get up in the middle of the night, I guess. Okay, fine. All right, Stuart, hey, how can I help you? Is there any control you can do to um, weeds inside of ornamental strawberry? There is a grass killer. Okay. harmless. And that is put out by Monterey Lawn Garden. And you can go to their website, all lowercase, MontereyLawnGarden.com. And that's a a, a liquid spray you could just put over it, and it'll kill the grass and weeds and not the strawberry. Mostly, not any broadleaf weed, but it'll kill all the grassy weeds, yes. Okay, very good. And then uh, second question, if you have the time, I have a potted hydrangea I got from my wife for Mother's Day. What's the best place to put that as far as sun exposure and any feeding recommendations for the hydrangea? Morning sun, and I would uh, what, you ought to send for my hydrangea sheet, and that would give you all the information you ever knew, okay. need I'll, to know. I'll, I'll, look, I'll look that up for sure. And then it's I on my website. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I will look for that. Speaking of website, uh, as a side, you know, I got onto the KSFO, and it shows you with your picture there. I think Edie's there, uh, and it says Sundays 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., and yeah. then down below where, it's, where you hit the button for play, it actually says Bob Tannum in the garden. Here, the garden guru, Sunday from 8 to 11. So I think you should sue the radio oh. company for false advertising, but it still says 8 to 11. <laughs> oh, God, that would be the day. I'd love that. <laughs> I could use the money, too. <laughs> Let's put it that way. All and then right. the last question, someone was asking about VF11. I've been yeah. finding the smaller bottles at the re- resurrected Osh stores, the outdoor supply hardware. Oh, They're yeah. uh-huh. carrying the smaller sizes of the VF11. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. I want to take advantage of that. All right, Stuart. Excellent. Thank you so bye-bye. much. All right, bye-bye. Tony is in Pleasant Hill. Hi there, Tony. Yeah. Hello, Tony. Turn your radio off. Are you there? Tony. Tony. That's my father's name, by the way. Tony. Hello. Hello. Hello, Tony. Tony, Tony, one. Yep. Let's go to Ron in Fremont. Ron, hello, Ron. Hi, Bob. Uh, Question, how do you get rid of these root suckers that are all around my apricot tree? Uh, Moderate lawn garden, a lot of plugs for that. Have a um, sucker stop. Oh, will it hurt the tree? No. Uh, It's... Actually, what it does is kill everything right down to the bud of that root and then doesn't go anywhere else. Okay, that's what I need. Okay, there you great. Go. Thanks, Bob. That's why I said it, you know. One of my favorite companies, Monterey Lawn Garden, they do try to be more organic-leaning. Of course, not everything can be 100% organic, but then that's what you do. So anyway, Ron, thank you for the call. And okay. <clears throat> let's go to Harvey in Petaluma. Hi there, Harvey. Hey, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have a, just a quick 
question. You know, I've got a Fuji apple tree that I planted about four years ago, which is doing really well, except it's got now some uh, branches that are just dying on it, uh, like up kind of up around the top. And um, it's interesting. I, I don't quite know. The rest of the, the, rest of the tree is healthy. Um, I water it about once a week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just don't know why some of these limbs are, are, are dying. Okay. Uh, uh, Harvey, uh, look at the base, t- look at the dead dying limb and go down to the base of that. <clears throat> I suspe- suspect borers. And if borers? you see any borer, like borers, borers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. It's hard to say on a Sunday morning, you know, boars, <laughs> not boars, but bo- not not the hog, but the bo- you know, it's a bug, and it lays eggs in the thing, and it, um, and it circles around the branch, sort of like a almost like a twig girdler, okay. Okay. And yeah. if they, you do see that, then spray with spinosad or Captain Jack's bug brew. Captain Jack's bug brew. Yeah, okay. that is available at every nursery I know of. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Then, and Bob. Ace Hardware also carries it, so that's another source you might want to look at. Okay. Okay. Thank you, sir. Harvey, thank you. So, thank you for listening. Uh, a little late this morning with everybody, but if you finally get there, let's go to Jim in Santa Rosa. Hi there, Jim. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm doing basically okay. <laughs> you, just on, talked about, you just talked about moles, and I've got plenty. So um, I've got the mounds and the, the tunnels to some degree, but you talked about spraying with castor oil. What kind of breakdown do you use with that? I mean, how much do you use? Or do you put it in a pump sprayer, or what do you do? Uh, actually, it's a hose end sprayer that okay, I've used. I've got it. that, yeah. And uh, I think uh, got it's not – you can buy castor oil in a uh, you know drugstore, but this is not I, that – this is a product – I, I, I well, if you have, if you can't find mole med and some of the other products at a nursery, I would start at the nursery first. Okay. And then, if they don't have the product, then go to a drugstore. They'll have castor oil, and it's uh, one part castor oil to two parts water. <clears throat> okay, I got it. That's all I need to know. And then just soak it real good, right? Yeah. That is correct, yes. And they will go something like, you know, oh, I have time to tell my story now. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is my fun. Okay, I used, to, I, I used to run a nursery. I used to do very good. And we would have uh, uh, cul-de-sac. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen.